1: Center, Montana State Law says it is your vehicle, it is your choice, where you have it repaired, Choose Capital Collision Center, here inside the Major Mortgage Man Cave, and I got a little mess here, I think that's from the daughter, a little snack, alright, um, we're going to talk to Jeff Coffey coming up a little bit later on, Jeff Coffey, a singer-songwriter who was in the band Chicago for a while, and uh, we'll chat with him. And a whole lot more. Tomorrow on the show, we're going to talk to Mark Adams, ESPN College basketball analyst and uh, writer of a great book, uh, The Coach and the Geek, which I have behind me. But um, he's going to join us tomorrow. We're going to talk about the NCAA, get his thoughts, and also uh, the inequities, and also about Rocky women's basketball. He used to coach the uh, Rocky men back in the day. In fact, he coached against Calvin Sampson when Sampson was at Tech, Adams was at Rocky, and uh, both Hall of Famers. Uh, on this day in history and a whole lot more coming up as well, including a hairstyle that should not have been a hairstyle today <laughs> and worn by uh, somebody on The View. Yes. Don't ask me. I, I didn't watch it. <laughs> I didn't watch. I just saw it. And I. so you'll... You'll enjoy it as well. So, all right. <laughs> um, you can watch on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter. You can listen on Podbean, Network One Sports, TreasureStateRadio.com, and uh, a whole lot more. Uh, How, Howard on Facebook. All right. So, Howard DeRozier, friend of the show, uh, his son Carson, a two time state wrestling champ with Capital. Carson's actually, I don't know when, but supposedly Carson's going to be bringing me a singlet. Uh, to put up because he got upset when he saw the Capitol basketball jersey, Mackenzie Johnston, hanging uh, behind me here on the chair. So Carson's going to bring in uh, one of his wrestling singlets. Now, I sent Howard a picture of me in a wrestling singlet today from ni- uh, 1991, my uh, my my sophomore year of wrestling. It's the only year I wrestled in high school. I took third at state. I wish I would have stayed in wrestling. I don't know... Howard wants me to show it. Um, Maybe in a little bit. I'll show it in a little bit, Howard. I can't, I I don't know. I don't know if if I'll get censored for so much nudity. Plus, I mean, just, I look good. My calves, I was ripped back then. Wrestling put me in the best shape of my life. I I, I wish I would have wrestled um, all through high school. All right, so we'll maybe show that picture a little bit later on, Howard. Uh, hi to Tim watching on the Twitter. Appreciate uh, that. And by the way, whoever who I, I I have some great fans all over the the state, the country. I have fans in Ireland now. If you are the whoever is in Ireland and watches this show, like consistently, I'd love to send you one of our Jason Walker show T-shirts. And then you got to you got to wear it all over Ireland, like in the pubs. I I, I want to see it like in Ireland somewhere. So whoever listens to this show or watches this show in Ireland, please get a hold of us, jason at walkershow.com I want to send you a Jason Walker Show t-shirt so that you can wear it in Ireland uh, while you watch the show. I mean, we actually have huge, huge numbers in Ireland, and I don't know why. I appreciate it, but it's awesome. So if you're in Ireland, email us, jason at jasonwalkershow.com, and I'll send you a, a t-shirt. Um, Carol's going to add JV basketball to the women's uh, athletic department. Uh, we we talked about that in January, it came out today in the newspaper, but we broke the news in January. So we'll pat ourselves on the back because nobody ever gives us credit for what we do around here. Um, nice reporting though by Daniel Shepard. Daniel's a good dude. I like him over at, uh, Helena IR. He's one of the, <laughs> one of the few that, uh, actually is a du- good dude over there. All right, so Mark Emmert, we're going to talk about the NCAA again. We talked about it yesterday a little bit. We'll talk about it more tomorrow with Mark uh, Mark Adams. Um, But Mark Emmert, back in 2017, gave himself a raise from, what, 2.4 million to 3.9 million. It was like a 60% raise. The dude gets four million dollars a year to do what? Like he made a new TV deal. Great. Um, there's a story in Yahoo Sports that he may have cost the NCAA like three and a half billion, based off of not renegotiating uh, here in the next couple of years, extending an extension with CBS and Turner through like 20. 32, which which is dumb. Uh, But what does he do? What does Mark Emmert do? Does anybody know? Besides violate their own NCAA and federal law in Title IX, I mean, it's it's not just a title, uh, an NCAA thing. It's It's a Title IX deal. It's a federal law. Equal court. Equal wrestling rooms, equal everything for the women's basketball tournament, and just in general. Come on, Mark. But what the hell does he do? I, could, I He gets $4 million a year to do I nobody knows. I have a heck of an idea. I will take half that. Hell, I'll take a fourth of that a year. I'll take a million dollars a year to sit on my ass and do Mark Emmert's job. Because I'm pretty sure I can do it from right here where I sit now. Because I don't know what he does, and I don't know what anybody else does. I can tell you one thing. I'd have made sure that my equality would have been there for the NCAA men and women's basketball tournaments in Indianapolis and also in San Antonio. I would have made sure that the NCAA women's tournament got the same COVID testing. They don't. Uh, would have had the same food, the same swag bags, the same weight rooms, the same everything, and I wouldn't have made excuses for it. So let's start the campaign right now. Hashtag Jason Walker for NCAA president. And I'll do it for a third or fourth of the money. A fourth of the money. Is that right? I mean, $4 a fourth would be one. Yeah, I'll do it for a million. Mark Emmerich gets paid $4 million dollars That's it. That's it. What does he do? Uh, you can tweet us at Jay Walker Sports anytime. You can Facebook us. You can uh, email Jason at JasonWalkerShow.com. Uh, so there's that. Like, seriously, what? I'm going to show you this. This is today from the NCAA March Madness Twitter account. Now, remember, this is only for the guys. March Madness is only for the dudes. Women, don't get, they don't get to save March Madness. But this is today, uh, the NCAA March Madness Twitter account, at March Madness. And it says, ready for hashtag Hinkle Magic in the hashtag Sweet 16 and hashtag Elite 8, uh, hashtag March Madness. They're changing the basketball floor at Hinkle uh, Fieldhouse, at Butler ready they're changing the floor watch okay the old floor goes off this is what they used over the weekend look at the new floor being put down it's the exact same floor like watch this again what what is what <laughs> it's the same floor you couldn't use the same court from over the weekend. Seriously? Oh, by the way, the big dance or the dance, it's only for the men too. Women don't get that either. Now, here's my question, Mark Emmert. Is what your guys are doing with March Madness and the NCAA basketball floor at Hinkle and changing the floor completely brand new floor? Are you are you doing the same thing in down in San Antonio for the women? Legit question. And very fair question. Because if you're not, then then You're breaking a federal law. I mean, this isn't just, (laughs) this isn't like, oh, well, their uniforms cost more. No, you're breaking federal law here, dude. And then your excuses are half-assed and lame. But we'll talk more with Mark Adams tomorrow about the NCAA, and also Rocky women's basketball uh, situation from last month. Remember that, when they got rid of, or they put Wes Keller on administrative leave for like three weeks, and then it was a whole fiasco. But Mark Adams is going to join us. He used to coach the Rocky Men. Uh, speaking of Rocky, the only men's team to win a national championship from the Frontier, and uh, last night, Elsie State, a former member of the Frontier, lost to Shawnee State in a great game, seventy four sixty eight, I think was the final. But uh, Shawnee State winning the men's championship, Westmont women winning the, women, uh, the, the women's title out in Sioux City, which is awesome. And that's a really good basketball team. I mean, we talked to Lindsey Woolley about how good Westmont has been over the years, and they proved it. That, I mean, that's a really good basketball team that won the national championship last night in Sioux City. So uh, NAI basketball is done for till next fall, but uh, good stuff. All right, we're going to take a break, I think. Yeah, is that, do we get everything? I think so. Uh, We have On This Day in History coming up. Also, um, I think we're going to be off next week for spring break and just off for a week. And then uh, we've got some exciting stuff coming up here in the next month or so, which is going to be awesome. So there you go. Uh, Let's see here. Is that, I think, let me get to my, my little sheet here. Oh, Frontier Volleyball was canceled. For the weekend. Basically, um, Friday and Saturday matches between Tech at Western and then Rocky at Carroll have been canceled due to COVID issues. So, Rocky at Carroll volleyball, big game, big matches, and then Tech at Western uh, canceled for this weekend for uh, Frontier Conference volleyball, if you were so inclined to check those out. All right, quick break. When we come back, we are going to chat with a former singer, lead singer for the group Chicago. He's a singer-songwriter and uh, we'll debate on if we're going to show this wrestling picture or not. I don't I, I don't I don't know. I don't want to like burn up the internet how I, I look good. Like I look damn good. I mean, I look pretty good now, but back when I was a sophomore and in shape. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I don't want to make everybody, like, I, I just it's I look good. Maybe we'll show it. All right, so we'll take a break. When we come back, we'll talk to Jeff Coffey. Jason Walker Show is presented in part and brought to you by Capital Collision Center. Montana State Law says it is your vehicle. It is your choice where you have it repaired. Choose Capital Collision Center. The amount of, well, we'll say love that you get from Capital Collision Center when you take your vehicle there, nobody can give it. Nobody gives you the love that Capital Collision Center does to you, but especially to your vehicle. They will properly, manufacture, certified repair it. That's why they spend a lot of money to become manufacturer-certified, because they, they will, they will laser-point it just exactly right. So when you get your vehicle back, it's almost like it's brand new. Get to Capital Collision Center on Euclid, Montana State Law says it is your vehicle, it is your choice where you have it repaired. Capital Collision Center. Jason Walker Show coming right back with Jeff Coffey next. Out on Facebook. Auto Concepts, the auto enhancement professionals.
0: Storewide savings are what you'll find when you shop for new home furnishings at Rutgers Furniture. This means tremendous values on Helena's largest in-stock selection of home furnishings. When you shop Rucker's, you'll find storewide savings on the furniture you want for every room in your home, and you'll also find our selection of Serta iComfort, Comfort, the most comfortable beds in Helena. Twelve-month financing is available with approved credit on most purchases over $289. Ask for details. You'll find storewide savings at Rucker's Furniture, 1010 Dearborn, Helena. Welcome back to the Jason Walker Show. Oh.
1: The mic just decided to do its own thing there, not to tighten that puppy down. Welcome back, Jason Walker Show, Major Mortgage Man Cave. We are presented by Capital Collision Center. This segment brought to you by Rutgers Furniture. Make the quality choice for your home at Rutgers Furniture, 1010 Dearborn, Helena. Uh, show tomorrow off Friday and then most of our uh, probably all of next week. but uh, you can always go to Jasonwalkershow.com to uh, watch any of our uh, old shows. Tomorrow Mark Adams joins us. Congratulations to the Oregon women just secured their spot today in the uh, Sweet 16 on the women's uh, tournament. They join the Oregon men. I think Michigan men and women will qualify both this year as long as, uh, as well. Uh let's see here. Twitter is losing its mind today. But when is it not, right? <laughs> I mean it's it's Twitter. Alright. Um uh, Tim, are you good now? You got audio on Twitter now? Let me know. Uh not sure uh we'll check it out. Alright. Uh, so, I'm gonna, I don't know Howard. Howard keeps wanting me to show this picture of wrestling. Maybe at the end of the show. Maybe. Carson's gotta bring in his, his singlet still. And I don't want to break the internet with how good I looked back then. I mean, I had, like, great long hair. Not a mullet, but good long hair. And then I had, um, I had some really good, like, late 80s, early 90s glass frames. Yeah, we we'll we'll show it at the end, maybe. Maybe. <laughs> oh, remember the other day? I will show some pictures before we get to our uh, guest. Remember, I was talking to uh, Flint Rasmussen about this. Um, about we when we were talking about music the other day, and uh, on the show we were talking about like uh, Kevin Sharp. Um, so I was looking for some old pictures of my grandpa, whose birthday he would have been ninety today. Um. But I was looking for uh, some pictures of Grandpa, and I came upon some of these pictures. So this was me and Kevin Sharp. We talked about Kevin Sharp back in 1997 out in Medford, Oregon. Look at that hair. How cool is that? I shouldn't say that because Kevin Sharp passed away from cancer, but I did have great hair. Um, This was from Dylan. This would have been 98, maybe, 1998 or 99, but that is me and Cherie Austin. Country singer from Australia. Um, yep, yeah. and then uh, we talked about Joe Diffie who passed away, and then we told you the Joe Diffie uh, story on the uh, about his bus. Um, I had great her then too. I think this was from, so. This was from 1995. Joe Diffie, Boy Howdy, and Wade Hayes were in concert. Uh, you'll recognize Joe Diffie, uh, and then there's me, and then uh, my date for the night. But that was uh, back in the day when radio stations were awesome. But yeah, I had a big hat. Thank God, I got a smaller one now. Anyway, um, so fun stuff, fun stuff. And I'll find some more pictures as uh, as we go through. That's, I, I just it's good. We're gonna have a lot more fun like that here on the Jason Walker Show. All right, uh, Jeff Coffey is a singer songwriter, been around for a long time, and uh, he's, he's played a lot of different kinds of music, and. Um, He, uh, a few years ago, was the lead singer and uh, bassist for uh, the group Chicago. Got a chance to sit down and talk with him, and uh, he joins us now here on the Jason Walker Show. Well, first off, man, I appreciate you joining us, and uh, we were just chatting a little bit about, you're from Florida. And, uh, you know, everybody else I've been talking with uh, is from Nashville or Kentucky and a little bit different down there in Florida, my friend.
2: Yes, it is, um, and yeah, and thanks for having me on the show. Sure, um, yeah, we are we are pretty lucky here in Florida. We're seeing on the news and people posting on social media how this crazy winter storm that's hitting everywhere right now, and even there in Nashville, the ice and Uh, But we're, it's like, it's in the eighties down here in Florida. It's gorgeous. (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
1: Sorry. (laughs) No, it's fine. It's fine. Uh, We're like in the twenties now. And that was uh, that's a heat wave compared to last week up here in Montana. Uh, Jeff Coffey joining us here. Um, Three solo albums recently and uh, take me through, uh, take me through your career a little bit here.
2: Well, uh, I I caught I uh, caught the music bug pretty early in life um, when I was you know a teenager. I started playing trombone in the band programs at school and and uh, continue on through uh, through school into college with the trombone and but all all that while I was dabbling in bass. You know I had had some friends with a band in high school played you know things and uh, but then I started spending more time. Um, on the bass than the trombone, and when I was in college, kind of realized I was never going to be the trombonist that I really needed to be to do it professionally. So, you know, when I was in college, I sold all my trombone stuff and and uh, bought bass gear, joined a band, recorded a record, and hit the road, and uh, been doing it ever since, uh, pretty much, um, with various bands and uh, a couple of bands that we were kind of long term thing, and then and then uh, I. I'd started doing my solo work, uh, in 2000, started writing, and recording. Released least, uh, first record in '03, and then the second one in 07. And, and then, um, I started playing for other artists. So, uh, it's been, it's been a, quite a journey, you know? Yeah. I, uh, started playing with Chicago, the band Chicago in 2016. And that was an amazing experience. And, um, I got to play some really, uh, amazing venues, bucket list venues. Uh, uh, you know, the, uh, the uh, three nights sold out at the Hollywood bowl Man. orchestra, uh, the, the LA forum, uh, red rocks. We played arenas in, uh, all all across the United States and Canada. We went in fire tour with Chicago, Mexico. It was a great experience. And, uh, and then uh yeah, and then I left uh in twenty right to the and uh soon after started playing with Don Felder from Family of the Eagles. Well, that's been that's been a lot of fun too, on top of doing all my solo stuff. So yeah, just kinda never, never stopped. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, well that's great. And uh I mean writing songs and, and singing songs and just doing all this, you know, it's obviously been a, a, a decent career for you. Are you happy with how it's gone? Well, yeah. I mean, it's
2: uh, it's been, a, it's like I said, some great experience, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, I, I think uh, had I been able to myself right now, been able to chat in my younger man's ear years ago, I probably would have told him to, pursue the solo thing sooner than I did. Um, because, uh, you know, you just never know what uh, opportunities may have brought themselves, but you can't change the past. And, uh, I've done some pretty amazing things, uh, met some really cool people and got had the chance to play with, with a great artists, you know, like Chicago and mm-hmm. Don Felder and, and uh, yeah, you know that that's the beauty of music you know it it, it takes you places that you wouldn't normally go you know and, and meet people that you wouldn't normally meet and it's been a great experience so far and i'm i'm excited about the future I, that it's it's kind of like I, I i tell people that, you know getting out there and playing music and and recording music it keeps you young you know i mean you, you when i the process of recording and writing this new record that i'm working on it, I still am excited about the future and excited about releasing this music having everyone hear this music so that in itself just kind of, you know keeps me fired up and keeps me excited about what I do you know
1: tell me about the song uh, someday I listened to it the other day and it's um it's pretty darn good oh well thank you
2: yeah that that's one of the songs that's going to be on the next the next record here that I'm I don't have a title for the record yet, but I'm working on that and trying to get it out, uh, release it like during the first quarter of this year. Mm. Um, but uh, someday was one that um, when I started getting ready to write this record, I had my my phone, my little messages in there, full, just packed full of like little song ideas, little little sni- snippets of, of ideas. And so I said, you know what I'm going to do to get started on this record? I'm just going to, I'm going to go through all of them and pick the best 10 ideas and write them, finish them, you know, flush them out and see what they, what happens. And that particular, the, I had the, I had the uh, the acoustic part on my phone for a while, you know, like maybe a year and a half, two years. And um, I said, okay, yeah, I'm going to down and write this one. So I, I kind of worked out the the chorus and the melody and the, the verses. And then I sat down to write lyrics for the song one day. And I thought, man, what am I going to write about? I don't know. And, and then I just started, you know, reminiscing um, and really thinking about all of the insanity that was happening in our country, all around the world, but primarily in our country last year. Mm-hmm. And the words just started out and I was finished with the song by the end of the day. So it's kind of a retrospective look at, or kind of an exercise in in human behavior um, and how we, how we react and how we treat each other. And it asks the question, you know, Hey, is this, out of all this time of our evolution, is this all we've become, you know, Maybe someday we'll figure this out, you know, how to how to live with each other and treat each other with dignity and respect. And that's what the song's about.
1: Well, like I said, I, I was a big fan of it when I listened to it the other day. Jeff Coffey joining us, a singer, songwriter. Uh, you mentioned Chicago a couple of times. And obviously, you know, what a classic, classic band for, um, what, almost five decades now, basically. Um, what was your favorite song to sing?
2: Ah, that is a very popular question. Uh, <laughs> well, now I don't feel I, original. I, no, 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 I mean, I, it was seriously funny people say, you know, what's your favorite one? And, and I, all I can say is this. I never really had one favorite. Um, it, it truly was an honor to be able to play in that band and play a lot of the songs from that incredible catalog of, of songs. Um, there were there were so many songs that were fun to do uh, throughout the set. It was a long two hour set and it was packed full. Um, but I, I tell people that the songs that I felt most connected to the audience with when, when singing were, were some of the big ballads from the eighties. Some of the, you know, the big satira, uh, David Foster hits, mm-hmm. you know, uh, hard habit to break. I'm sorry. Those songs were big on the radio during my High school years, you know, and so they have they have a a place in in my past in my heart, just like they do the fans. So I felt real connected to the fans in the audience when I was singing those songs. Um, so that's kind of like I, I I could never pick a favorite because there were so many great songs mm. that were so fun to play, um, and playing and with that. Particular ensemble ensemble of musicians um, every night on stage was just a joy because it sounded so good and it felt so good and and uh, it was a blast every every minute on stage with those guys was a blast.
1: Well, and you look back too, and I've been you know pretty big Chicago fan. I was born in '75, but you know my mom listened to a lot of great music, um, and and that was you know one of the bands. But you you look at you know the seventies and what Chicago did in the sixties in and seventies was so different than what it sounded like in the eighties. And, you know, you hear songs like what 25 uh, or six two four, to so different than hard to say, I'm sorry. And it's just complete ends of the spectrum, but still great songs.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. And that was, what was so unique about Chicago when, when they came on the scene back in, um, well, they moved to LA and they really got, they started in, in 1967, and they started in Chicago, and then they moved to L.A., and then things really started happening, like in 69, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, so they they were so different. They had such a unique sound. You know, being a rock band with horns, you know, there were other bands doing it, um, but nobody sounded like that. It was such a unique sound, and I think that's what people gravitated too, when they heard it on the radio, and they, they began to like this band so much because it was such a unique sound, and 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 they were rather experimental for their time as well, especially Chicago Two was a fairly experimental record, and uh, uh, but people loved it, you know, and several hits off that record from, from became there was a few hits that came out of from the ballet from Buchanan from the girl from Buchanan, you know that. It was like written. J- James Penko wrote it like a, more like an orchestral piece with several movements. But they, the record label, saw single potential in some of these individual movements and released them as singles. Um, but you know, they, they, you know, they they were really peaking in the 70s and in the later 70s. It started to come down a little bit, and they needed a sonic change in the eighties. They had to make that change because production was changing, sounds were changing. So they they really needed a shot in the arm sonically to take it in a different place, you know, to stay on top and to stay relevant and and that's what happened, you know. So yeah, it was definitely a a, a sound change um for the band. But again, you know they still sounded like Chicago. Yeah,
1: you know? Jeff Coffey, our guest here, Jason Walker. So speaking of hard to say, I'm sorry, Sarah Evans, the country singer, just did a version of it. Have you heard it, and what did you think of it? No, I have not heard oh, that. Oh, man. No, that, I'd like to hear that. It's, it's as, I don't want to say as good <laughs> as the original, uh-huh. but she stayed true to it. And that's what I love about music, Jeff, is that, you know, this is a rock-slash-pop song from a rock slash pop band that a country singer sang that became a hit because, you know, 30, 40 years later, because it's just a great song and, it is. and she didn't change it. It's, it sounds like the band is playing it and she's just singing. Yeah. So well,
2: that's yeah. awesome. I'd love to hear that. Oh, yeah. I got to check
1: that out. Yeah. Just, it's a fan. I thought she, I first heard it last February here in Montana. She was in concert and uh, she sang, she did a whole cover album recently. But, yeah, that's a, that's a good one. Um, yeah. Jeff, Coffey. There's a lot
2: of rockers that listen to country music. Country music fans are diehard. You know, I think they came from that world of, of rock, you know. Yeah. And Jeff, they appreciate that stuff.
1: Jeff Coffey, our guest here on the uh, Jason Walker Show. All right, so you don't know yet what your title of the album is going to be. Um, why, let me ask you this. I've always wondered this. We've seen it more recently with like 14 songs, but why were CDs and albums originally 10 songs? Do you know why? Um,
2: well, Well, it wasn't necessarily only 10. I mean, there's some that had eight or nine, depending on the length of the songs. But, I mean, clearly back in the days of LPs, you only had so many minutes that you could put on an LP front and back. So that limited your number of songs, and then when CDs came along, then it was just free game. You can you can put a lot of information on there. But I've seen you know album n- track numbers ranging anywhere from eight to 14 to 15 songs. You know uh, the last like the last record that I just put out um, last year, um, which was a, a, a tribute record called Origins. It was basically me saying thank you and paying homage to all those great tenor rock vocalists that inspired me, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I had a, I had two pages full of artists when I started to think about what artists I wanted to do, <laughs> and mm-hmm. I had to narrow it down to like, you know, 12 or 13, ended up putting 14 songs on the record, you know. Mm-hmm. But, um, but yeah, it's, it, it varies, you know, depending on, you know, how much people have to say and if they think, the songs that they have uh, are, are good enough to put on the record. So, yeah,
1: um, I'm interested in origins because you know it, it, it's it's uh, like you said a tribute to guys like Freddie Mercury and and Steve Perry and and gosh, Sir Paul McCartney is you you yeah. you reference along with Sting, just unbelievable singers here. I mean, good lord, Jeff. What else? I mean,
2: oh. <laughs> I, yeah, these guys. D- is these it guys weird guys for you to
1: sing someone else's songs because they they were hits?
2: No, no, because I, I did a lot of that you know over the years uh, did a lot of cover singing and um, these are the guys and girl, and women they're on the record Bonnie Raitt's one of them yeah. you know, uh, that just fired me up. Uh, really were inspirational to me uh, in my former years, you know, especially guys like Steve Perry. Uh, I tell, <laughs> I tell people this, you know, Steve Perry was an alien from another planet. Yeah. You know, that guy was doing stuff vocally that, that no one was doing. And really no one's really done it since. And then you've got Freddie Mercury and um, Sting is another hero. You know, these, uh, these are artists that I, loved growing up and admired and they they inspired me to do this for a living it's all their
1: fault <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love that that's nobody's ever said that that's fantastic they always say oh they inspired me or you know I look up to them yep. nobody's ever it's their fault that I do this <laughs> it's
2: their fault I blame them 100 percent oh that is great
1: uh, Steve Perry I mean it was great with journey but O'Sherry, Sherry, I mean, I was, oh. so I'm in middle school when O'Sherry comes out because I was born in 75. So I grew up in the 80s and loved all this music. Um, mm-hmm. But O'Sherry's is one of my all-time favorites. And I don't know if it was because MTV actually played videos back then and I got to see it all the time. Um, right. But in your mind, who is the greatest front man? My wife and I argue about this all the time. And who's the greatest front man of all time?
2: Wow, that's a tough one. That's a tough one. I mean, you know, I uh, that's a that's a hard one to say of all time. But I, maybe I'll give you my top three. Okay, I'll do uh, that. Undoubtedly, Freddie Mercury. What a showman,
1: okay. right? Yeah,
2: uh, killer. Um, Steve Perry really know how knew how to to hold an audience, you know, you know with his voice as well. But then you know you look at classic rock stuff you know like Led Zeppelin you know
1: yeah
2: um you know Robert Plant what a what an amazing frontman you know there's so many great frontmen uh, but I, maybe I, I could say those are maybe my top three you know okay but uh, wow so many great frontmen
1: now she says Freddie Mercury is the greatest frontman
2: of all time I who argue who does that oh yeah.
1: Yeah. Simon LeBond from Duran Duran.
2: Simon LeBond was a great
1: frontman. No, Absolutely. I don't actually believe that. I just like to say that. And I say that Duran Duran was the greatest rock band of all time.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, you know
2: you know, what's funny it's about about Duran Duran? I remember vividly in high school, and there there was a girl in my, my English class. Oh, it always family. comes
1: back to a girl. It
2: does, man. It does. <laughs> And some of these stories can be a little scary, a little sketchy.
1: It's okay. <laughs> no, it's not real radio. It's okay. It's <laughs> a podcast.
2: <laughs> no, this is this this is a clean story. No, but but I remember the girl in front of me in my English class, and she was a diehard uh, Duran Duran fan. I mean, she had a Duran Duran jacket that she wore to school every day. She had Duran Duran drawings on her folders and stickers of the band. It's like, oh my god, really? And I wasn't really into them. At the time, then I started to appreciate them later in my high school years, um, and now I love the band, you know. But it's funny when they were when they were big and they were coming up. I just thought, what is this, you know? But their music uh, stands the test of time, you yeah. know.
1: Hungry like the wolf. One of my favorite songs of theirs is Save a Prayer. Oh, a great song! Unbelievable song. You know, it's a great Show song up, of theirs yeah. that nobody thinks of. The chauffeur. Right. Yeah. And I don't know if it's, it's another great one. Oh my gosh. Just the music. And, and you mentioned that the musicality of that song and then the way Simon sings it. I mean, it's just unbelievable. But yeah. And then you look at half those guys go off to, you know, do power station and with Robert Palmer for a little bit. And I mean, it's mm-hmm. just the eighties. Is that the greatest decade of music for you?
2: You know, uh, I feel fortunate that I did come up in that era because there was some incredible music in that era. Uh, it's funny. I have this conversation with my kids. My kids are teenagers right now. And, uh, <laughs> it, 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 it's like when, when you hear a lot of the kids playing the same kind of stuff, which is usually ends up being rap or hip hop or something. Mm-hmm. You, 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 it's, it, 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 it Starts a conversation with him it's like, you know, l- listen. What's the message there? You know, like I remember vividly the message in a lot of the lyrics in songs from the '80s was always kind of a, you know, an inspirational thing. Or it was always like, you know, having a good time. Part everybody's working for the weekend, mm. you know, or I'm trying to aspire, aspire to this, you know, uh, you know, and, and the lyrics. Whether they were you were listening to the lyrics consciously or not subliminally they come into your mind and they affect you you know and i remember i always remember you know i uh, remember uh of uh, uh, um night rangers secret of my success right remember the title track of that that movie that uh, was out it was a big mm-hmm. hit
0: mm-hmm.
2: with um you know uh that kind of stuff it's always like aspiring to this or or Aspiring to party and have a good time, you know. It was always kind of a most of the time a positive message, and that's another reason why I really appreciate the '80s era. You know, um, there was a lot of sonic change happening in music. You know, yeah. again, Chicago was a good example of a sonic change of, of production and sound. Changing, you know, from the '70s, but uh, you know, what's funny now is it, I really, I really enjoy listening to a lot of 70s music now. Uh, I appreciate it because I, I remember as a kid, elementary school kid, hearing all this stuff on the radio, you know, right. like the Sir Paul McCartney and the English, you know, uh, all that stuff. Uh, and now these channels, as they call them yacht rock channels. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's <this, laughs> great music. Yeah. and you sit and listen to this stuff, it's great music and so. I really am am glad that I came up from that era of the 70s and 80s because it was some fantastic music.
1: Oh, man. And, you know, I I love the late 50s like the Elvis era and Richie Valens and Buddy Holly and then early 60s rock. It was not really Mm -hmm. the the wartime late 60s, early 70s, but, yeah, you mentioned the 70s, and I didn't appreciate it as much probably even 20 years ago as I do now. Uh, and I think, you know, satellite radio has changed that to where you can listen to so many great things. Jeff, do you, do you feel that there was a message in each decade that every, like the eighties you mentioned, it was, you know, um, hat partying or aspiring or having fun. Um, and then in the seventies, there was a message in the sixties, late sixties, especially there was the message. Do you feel like every decade in all genres has had a message? I
2: think I think it's safe to say that a lot of artists did have messages. And, you know, like you say, the, the 60s, especially mid, late 60s, you know, the anti-war thing, you know, mm-hmm. Vietnam and, and the psychedelics that were happening, especially in, in, in California because the scene was really, really happening in the 60s. People were just flooding to L.A. in the music scene and, you know, psychedelics were people were expanding their minds, expanding their creativity, you know and then the seventies came along and and it was uh, uh you know a lot of songs about love and and uh but a lot of songs about like especially the eagles you know?
1: yeah
2: they painted a really good picture of the dark side of l a you know it was an interesting yet dark side of l a you know Um, but then the eighties was, was, was a very, very, uh, uh, upbeat, um, positive, I would say overall. Uh, it was the, it was the era of excess for sure, you know, and glam and all that. And then the nineties came and it was the, it was the antithesis of that. It was the opposite of anti-glam, anti anti all of that. And they got, you know, a lot of subject matter got really dark grunge you know yep. a lot of subject matter in grunge was was really diving into the dark side of your, your human psyche you know and in in the way they played the songs so I would say you know but then but on the, on the pop realm completely opposite in the 90s you know you had you had Celine Dion big you know you had Duran Duran was still making great records yeah um you know so you had the pop that you had in the rock it was the grunge thing and, uh, yeah, you know, it, I, I, I would say that, I mean, you can't say that about every artist, but I would say every decade probably there was some over overlying message that was coming
1: out of the music. I don't get to talk to people who... Love the '80s as much as I do, um, hardly as much as like now. So this is awesome. I, I just I could go on for another forty-five minutes talking with you about the '80s. <laughs> um, Jeff, yeah, I love the 80s. Jeff Coffee joining us. Um, couple final ones, but uh, you mentioned. I, so here's I've been thinking about this since you first said this uh, uh, a little bit ago. Um, it's not. Here's your title of your CD. It's not as cold in Florida as it is in Montana.
2: <laughs>
1: you yeah. can play with it a little bit. You can work on it, but yeah,
2: yeah, it's, it's summer year round, right? <laughs>
1: <laughs> what What are some of these songs that? Um, because do, do a lot of time when you're naming naming an album, does it reflect on the on the themes of the songs, or or not? I, I, it's always impressed me how how you how people come up with song titles, let alone album titles.
2: Right. Well, you know, there's a lot of times where uh, people will will pick one song and the best title of a song, and that'll be the that'll be the album title, and then you know, the, so the album will have a title track, you know, mm-hmm. uh, which is probably what I'm gonna do on this one. Um, the last the last one that it was because it was a tribute album, we called it Origins because it was basically me going back to my origins and it was a a little trip through time that that I want everybody else to enjoy like I did. With this new record that I'm writing, I I mean, I'm really, really excited about how this record is sounding right now. We're about halfway through, and I'm working with the amazingly talented Rex Schnelly again on this one. I worked with him on Origins, and uh, we're building some amazing tracks, and I'm really excited. I, I, I feel like my, my writing is uh, better than it, it has been ever in the past. And, uh, really feel excited about these songs. So, oh. it, for me, a time. I think there is a, a, a title that I'm thinking about, but I haven't decided on it yet. But it's one of the titles of the songs. One of the songs that's going to be on the record. Um, possibly. It's a song that I wrote with, uh, uh, the great Stan Lynch and uh, Billy Chapman. Stan Lynch was uh, Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers, original drummer through all the big stuff. Mm. And he's a great songwriter and producer. He's produced you know, a lot of stuff for for Don Henley. Um, he's written a lot of songs for Toto and a bunch of people. Uh, so it's really great to work with him. But as far as the overall concept of a record, for me it's like when i get all the songs finished and i can lay them out and i start putting the track order in then i get then i really get a feel for the whole record you know uh, you know people talk about concept records i don't really make concept records i just write songs and i put a bunch of records put a bunch of songs on an album that i think will go together yeah. for me uh it all it all comes down to how a title hits me and then what I picture the art being on the record. Mm-hmm. So, um, but in fact, we're talking about that. That's something this week that I'm going to lock down and really start putting together is, uh, uh, you know, the, the album and the artwork and the title and all that stuff. So, um,
1: well, someday probably would, would work. Um, just saying. Yeah. Yeah. Or, uh, coffee with someday. Someday I'll have coffee. Ooh, see, it's a play right. on someday your. Someday I'll have coffee. Someday I'll have coffee. That's a play on your your name, and or you can just call it Jason. Yeah, Jason, There we go. <laughs> um, the
2: Jason the Jason Walker record.
1: There you go. I like it. I like it. Uh, <laughs> hey, real quick, what's the perfect song that's ever been written? Oh wow, Jeez.
2: Man, you're hitting me with tough ones there. The perfect song ever been written? Yep. Man, that's a loaded question.
1: <laughs> well, I'll give you. I'll give you. So I've had um, uh, uh, another singer songwriter I spoke with recently said uh, "Rosanna" by Toto, oh, which is yes, a great song. Um, yeah. So maybe your top three, since you 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 you're tough to pick out just one. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> well, um, well. Toto, obviously, uh, as well. I'm a huge fan of, of Toto's music. They were extremely uh, inspirational to me as, as a young man. So um, there's one of their one of their songs that I love. It's a ballad. It's called Anna. Great song. Mm. I every time I hear the song, I revert, it, it it brings me back to the feeling I had. Listening to this this album and with headphones on and over and over and over again the feeling of how much music inspires me that's a, just a great song by Toto it's called song called Anna um, um, but God there's so many uh, incredible songs um, you know this might throw you for a loop and I was thinking about this the other day because uh, uh, I've been out I've been outside. Painting my dock, right, and staining it, and I and I have various channels on when I listen to. It. But I, uh, the other the other day, I was listening to the Yacht Rock channel, and um, this this you probably laugh about this, but I always thought that if if you were going to teach a class about songwriting and all the key elements that should be in a song and how you tell a story and, and a clever way to tell a story, um, that the perfect example of a well-told story is the Pina Colada song. <laughs> you know what I mean? I know.
1: No, that's, it's, it's a great think song. About it. No, it's yeah. It,
2: when when you listen to the song, whether you whether you like it or not, it specifically paints a picture mm-hmm. of what's going on in this story. And in step, verse by verse, line by line, it tells this story from start to finish. And it, it and it was clever. It's catchy. Like I said, whether you like the song or not, it's a perfect example of songwriting 101. I would I would say pop songwriting 101
1: in three minutes. But,
2: <laughs> in th- in three and a half minutes, exactly. Oh But, man. but no, I'm not saying that that's one of my favorite songs. <laughs> I'm just saying, I'm just saying it's, it's a perfect example of of songwriting. But um, man, I don't know. I, there's there's just so many great songs out there that life changing songs. You know. Wow. Um, there. You know what? You know what? You know what's the sad reality too is. I remember vividly being on the road um, uh, with uh, one of my one of the bands I was in in the '90s, and we had a night off, and we went to this town. I think it was Birmingham, Alabama. It was this club where they were having a writers' night, and they had they had six people with their pian keyboards set up in like a semicircle and they just went one by one played a song that they had written you know and we heard some life changing songs that night that no one will ever hear you know uh-huh. that is happening all around the world there's people who who have written some incredibly beautiful amazing life changing songs heartwarming moving songs that the likelihood the masses will never hear and uh, so I encourage people to get out there and and search out songs, you know, that they may not necessarily hear on radio or whatever their streaming uh, choices are.
1: Well, I, uh, I appreciate the time I have put you under a lot of, or I've, you've been under pressure. See what I did there (laughs) Um, with a lot of my questions. That's another great song. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Good luck with the new album and you've got my number. So if you get stuck trying to think of a title, just let me know. Um, I will help you, and we'll go from there. But uh, good luck, and uh, stay warm down there in Florida, my friend.
2: We will not have a problem doing that, that's for sure. And <laughs> <laughs> hey, take care,
1: and uh, we'll chat soon.
2: Thanks a lot for having me on the show. appreciate it.
1: It was uh, Jeff Coffey joining us, uh, obviously, from last month when uh, Nashville was getting its uh, ice storm, and it was cold here in the state. But uh, great time, and we're going to share some of these uh We've got a few more that we uh, we did last month, and uh, just great conversations and some Montana connections with people as well. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, appreciate Jeff Coffee joining us. You can go to at uh, Jeff Coffee Music on the Twitter to uh, to check that out. Um, all right, let's do. Uh, let's see. On this day in history, it is brought to you by Big Sky Printware. We print what you wear. Today is March the twenty fourth. It is National Chocolate Covered Raisin Day. It is uh, Cheesesteak Day as well and uh, National Equal Pay Day. 1941, LIU beats Ohio U 56-42 for the NIT Basketball Championship. 1956, the 18th NCAA Men's Basketball title, San Francisco goes back-to-back. 1961, New York Senate approves a $55 million budget for the baseball stadium at Flushing Meadows in Queens, New York, home of Chase Stadium, the New York Mets. 1962, the 24th NCAA tournament. Cincinnati goes back-to-back. Let's see, 1975, Muhammad Ali knocks out uh, TKO's Chuck Wepner in 15 for the heavyweight boxing title. Chuck Wepner inspired the Rocky movies. Did you know that? Uh, Because he went all 15 with Muhammad Ali. 1980, 42nd men's basketball championship. Louisville beats UCLA, Cardinals' first title. It was a year ago today that uh, Shinzo... Abe, Shinzo Abe, the uh, Prime Minister of Japan, announced the postponement of the Tokyo 2020 Olympics and Paralympic Games to this coming summer because of COVID. Happy birthday to Pat Bradley, six-time major winner on the LPGA. She was born in 1951. It is Peyton Manning's birthday today, born in 1976. Uh, Let's see, uh, Eric Weiss was born, this day in 1874, also known as Harry Houdini. Uh, 1909, Clyde Barrow was born, yes, of Bonnie and Clyde fame. 1930, Steve McQueen celebrated his birthday. Uh, he died in 1980. 1954, Robert Carradine was born. He played Slim, John Wayne and the Cowboys. He was also one of the nerds, Revenge of the Nerds. 1960, Kelly LeBrock was born. Remember her, Weird Science, and a very bad, bad Steven Seagal movie. They were together for a while. Uh, Let's see, uh, who else was born on this date? Uh, Joseph Priestley, 1733, chemist and uh, author who discovered oxygen as well as carbonated water. What did people breathe before Joseph Priestley discovered oxygen? Fair question, right? If he discovered it, what did people breathe before he discovered it? Uh, Elvis joined the army on this date in 1958. Big Sky Printwear, we print what you wear, t-shirts. Jason Walker Show. And again, whoever listens in Ireland, appreciate you listening all the way over there. Get me your address. I want You can email us, jason at jasonwalkershow.com. I want to send you a Jason Walker Show t-shirt to whoever listens in Ireland. That's awesome. We appreciate you listening all the way over to there. Uh, but Big Sky Printwear, we point to what you wear over 35 years' experience. All right, so uh, born on this date, 1931 as well. Uh, let's get to this camera. Was, uh, was my grandpa Bob, Robert, my grandpa, uh, my son Bob's named after him. There's a picture of my grandpa and my grandma. I believe that is the house at the uh, Sedan. I don't know. It could be. Uh, there's a picture of grandpa. Uh, another picture of my grandma and grandpa. I think I've showed that one before. There is a picture of my grandpa and my brother. And uh, this is a good one, too. That is my grandpa and me, when I was a baby. How about that? Um, but my grandpa would have been 90 today. Uh, let's see here. I think I've showed that uh, this picture, too. Let's do this one. Yeah, Grandpa and General MacArthur, after my grandpa got uh, wounded in uh, Korea. I believe that was taken in Japan, or in uh, Germany, rather. Or maybe Washington. But anyway, um, my grandpa would have been 90 today. So we salute you, for sure. No one better. He was like my John Wayne. There was no question about that. All right, um, before we go, all right, Howard, here you go. I'm going to show you the picture. This is, okay, 1991. No, wait, when was I a sophomore? Let's see, I graduated in 93, so 92 was the senior year. 91, 90? 19, wow, is this 1990? When did I, hold on, I got to figure this out. Um, 1993 I graduated. So my senior year was 92-93. My junior year was 91-92. So this would have been 1990. Holy cow. So this is 30 years old. This was about 85 pounds ago. <laughs> I still look pretty good. Now, I don't want to break the Internet. So if the Internet breaks today, this this is why. But there's my wrestling picture from my sophomore year of high school. How about that? Look at those calves look at the guns. How about the 1980s glasses the uh, the great hair as well now it's not my styled perm that was pretty that was just my long hair back then but um, there you go so there you go howard. Hopefully Carson DeRozier uh, will bring in his. So I weighed about 103. Carson's supposed to bring in his singlet. I weighed about 103 then, and I'm like 180 now. So I can't do math, but anyway, there you go. That's what I used to look like. Fun stuff. <laughs> it's it's funny what you find when you start looking for uh, for pitchers. Um, but anyway, happy birthday to my grandpa today. Let's do this.
0: We're almost at the end of the show. What did we learn? And what did he miss? Time for the
1: walk-off. All right. Um, great time today. Thanks to Jeff Coffee for joining us tomorrow. We're chatting NCAA and Rocky Mountain College. Uh, Mark Adams will join us. Oh, Caleb Belich. Belich? Belich? Manhattan Christian star that transferred from MSU, he's going to TAC. Just announced it on Twitter. So there you go. Hope you had a uh, wonderful Wednesday. We'll have a terrific Thursday as we wrap up uh, our week tomorrow. And uh, hope you have a a fantastic – I just hope you have a good night. How about that? Hey, let's do it again tomorrow. 4 o'clock. Go to JasonWalkerShow.com if you missed anything. And again, if you're listening in Ireland, email me. I want to send you a t-shirt. Jason at JasonWalkerShow.com We'll see you back here tomorrow. Have yourself a good Wednesday night.
0: The Jason Walker Show is produced by the Jason Walker Media Company. Any reuse, rebroadcast, or retransmission without the express written consent of the Jason Walker Show is strictly prohibited. Just listen, watch, and enjoy.